This week, I was an observer in a virtual uh, pitching conference. It was a local thing, and uh, there were several businesses, about six or seven of them, and they all had a chance to do a five-minute pitch to a, a group of people in a room. Now, I wasn't there in the room. I was on the virtual thing. The virtual thing, unfortunately, didn't really work very well, but you got a real flavour for it. And it was very glaringly obvious to me, listening to all these pitches, and the same applies to presentations, that every single one of the participants had done their homework, you know, they prepared their presentations, and okay, they could have, you know, there were a few too many words on the slides, as you might expect, that sort of thing. But nevertheless, you know, they, they'd kind of got that right. They'd, you know, five minutes they were given, great. But what they clearly hadn't done is then prepared for the next bit which ultimately, in this case, was the most important bit, probably. And often with a presentation, it can be a really important thing as well. And it's the bit that I've increasingly found presenters and pitchers completely overlook. It's the Q&A. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. I've got six top tips to help you deliver a really good and significantly better, maybe, than you are now Q&A. Hello everybody, this is Trevor Lee and this is the Better Presentations More Sales Podcast. Here to help you do exactly that, to deliver better presentations, but at the same time convert them into more sales, more revenues, and that sort of thing. So we're at episode 209. And I'd just like to say a big shout out to everybody who, who shares this podcast, who talks about it, who comments on it, and leaves reviews as well. Because, you know, this is going out much Monday the 28th of March. And in March the whole month, we are going to beat the best number of downloads we've ever had for this podcast. And that was in February. And the best month ever prior to that was in January. So, you know, we've been going four years. And I often see posts from people who are doing their own podcasts, you know, and they've got episode three out there and episode four. And and they say, oh, I'm not getting loads of downloads yet. What's going on? And I say, well, anyway, it was called 44 at 60. As I mentioned on the podcast last week, I've got a few copies of the book. And now these are ones that I ordered when it was first available. And since then, I've had a few people come back to me and say, oh, there's a typo here, Trevor, and you got this word the wrong way around, and there's a full stop missing and all that. The sort of things that actually you never really notice unless you're really looking for them. Anyway, the thing is, I'm happy to give away some of these books. So they're just just like the real thing. Uh, it's $12.99, usually on Amazon, but I'm happy to mail them out to you, the listeners. Now, all you've got to do is send me proof that you've left a review. So if you've left a review already for this podcast, just take a screenshot of it and email it to me. And if you haven't left a review, then leave a review, email it, uh, screenshot it, email it to me at podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. That's podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. And I will send you an inscribed version of the book. Now, if I get too many of them, I'll have to have some sort of random draw and all that sort of stuff. But if you'd like them, then it's it's almost first come, first served. All right, that would be fantastic. So in this episode, I want to share with you some tips and ideas around the Q&A. Because, you know, very often we overlook the Q&A in terms of our preparation and planning. You know, all I do is bang on this podcast and so do the guests about how to, you know, get your, pre- get, you know, make the most of your preparation and planning opportunity if you're really serious about not wasting the opportunity that is this presentation or that sales pitch. And it's very easy, isn't it, just to forget about the Q&A and just turn up and say, oh, yeah, there's a Q&A. And then it all happens. And then it doesn't happen. 
Now, how many times have you been involved in delivering something, a presentation or a picture? There's been a Q&A and it's not really gone to plan. It's lost momentum. And that happens so, so often. You know, you're there doing your pitch, doing your presentation. You're building up momentum in your audience. You're feeling good about yourself. Everything's great. And now we've got the Q&A. And then suddenly, for whatever reason, it all goes a bit flat. And then you leave the presentation feeling a bit flat. And, you know, your audience leave the presentation feeling a bit flat. And you think, wow, what, what happened there? What happened? I was in great form. The audience were going great guns. And by the time we finished the Q&A, it had all drifted to nothing. So here are six tips. Well, five actually, plus a bonus one to help you make sure that that Q&A doesn't fall flat, that you keep the momentum going. Right. Tip number one. First of all, make sure, and this is an obvious thing to, to make sure, but sometimes people forget it. Just confirm how long the Q&A is with whoever's hosting or organizing your event. But just check how long it is. Is it going to be 10 minutes? Is it going to be 15? And then when you found that out, talk the organizer or the host through your plan, which is going to be the rest of the tips I'm going to share with you. So that's number one. Simple one, just check in with them. Number two is then explain to them that you want to bring the Q&A in before your summary. Now, this is the vital bit to making sure you don't lose momentum. Okay. Now, Normally, what do you do? You go, oh, yeah, thanks very much, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed my presentation. Uh, now, I think we've got a Q&A afterwards. Is that right? We, is that right, Frank? We've got 10 minutes for a few questions. And then, you know, that's when you don't get any questions or they're crap questions or someone tries to, you know, put you into a corner over something. And then it all winds down to nothing. So here's the best tip I was ever given about a Q&A. And that is... Bring it in before the summary. And this is how you do it. So you explain to the, well, you explain to the organizer first. And then when you start your presentation, you remind the audience of what's coming up. You know that that's what we've been banging on about in these episodes. You start the presentation by explaining to them as you do your grand opening. This is what's going to happen. And this is what I want you to do. And that sort of thing. So you're already setting in motion. And you're going to include the Q&A in that. So you might say something like, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to, you know, my, my presentation today is 15 minutes long. That's the plan. Now, you will also know that there's a Q&A here, a 10 minute Q&A. So just to let you know, the Q&A will come in a bit earlier than you might expect. OK, before I do my summary, I'm going to bring in the Q&A. OK, so have a think now about the sort of questions you want to ask me. So you can see how you build it up and you set it in motion. OK, so you've got to get that bit absolutely Right. So tell the audience what's going to happen uh, and when the Q&A is going to come in. So why is it a good idea to bring it in before the summary? Well, think about it. You put your big summary together, don't you? Rouse in finish. Right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed listening to me today. And, I'm, and let me remind you of all the great things I've shared with you. And you reel all the key points off again. And then you tell them what you want to do next. You want to, you know, da -da -da, all that great stuff, all in that sort of 90 second, two minute roundup. And then you move into that Q&A bit. OK, and then people forget what they're supposed to do at the end of the roundup. You know, you were telling them to do this and it's gone because they then got to, you know, sit through somebody else asking a terrible, boring question. And therefore they lose their momentum. They're no longer involved unless they're asking the question. 
So get the Q&A in there. It's a really good tool, a Q&A, if you do it properly. Get the Q&A in there. And then you say, right, thanks very much. That's the last question. So now let me remind you of what I've shared with you today. And then you go back to your rousing finish. That's tip number two. Right, tip number three, rhetorical questions. The last thing you want when you've got a Q&A is you stand there waiting for questions and nobody asks any. And I've seen this happen. And then, uh, so has anybody got any questions? Uh, uh you sure? Okay, you sure you're sure you've not got any questions? And and then it gets embarrassing, doesn't it? And then you kind of go, okay, well, in that case, uh, thanks very much. Cheerio. Um, yeah, you, yeah, it just goes flat, doesn't it? It goes really flat at that point. So here's the thing. Two rhetorical questions is what you need to prepare in advance. So this is how it works. You think of the two most important things that you're going to share in your pitch or presentation. The two key points that if you've got a chance to reiterate them, those are the two you would pick. And then ask yourself a question about each one. That's it. Simple as that. Now, the way I would bring this in is, you know, any so any questions, anybody? Anybody like to kick off with the first question? Oh, and by the way, also make sure that you're the person managing the Q&A and asking the question. Don't leave it with the organiser. Maybe I should have mentioned that in number one when you were chatting to the organiser. But if they do it, they'll pick the wrong people and they'll pick the wrong questions, even though they don't know what the questions are. You will have a much better understanding as to who's going to ask the best questions. You can see in their body language. You might know some of them as well. Okay, and you can select the people that are going to ask the questions. So pick the ones who are going to ask you an enthusiastic question. You can tell the difference, I think, when someone's about to ask a question, whether it's going to be a great question you want to receive or it's going to be a question that's trying to catch you out and all this sort of stuff. You, you can work it out. You can just tell. Right. Okay. <laughs> so those two rhetorical questions. So let's say I've done a, a I don't know, a 15 minute presentation on how to do a great presentation. And I say, take any questions now before I do my rousing summary kind of thing, you know. Um, and then you leave it three or four seconds. And if no one has actually come forward with a question, then what I would do is I would say, so, ladies and gentlemen, while you're thinking about a question you'd like to ask me, I'll just bring to the table a question that I'm often asked at this stage. And that is, people say to me, Trevor, what are the two most important things in delivering a successful presentation? And then you answer the question. So I might say, well, it's the preparation and the practice, you know, that sort of thing. And then, of course, you can always ask another question. You can always ask you a second one. And if I was doing that, I might say, so um, as a follow-up question, people then usually say to me, well, you know, that's all great, Trevor, but, um, you know, how important really is practice? Do we need to practice as much as you've been suggesting? And then I can re-emphasize my answer about practice. Do you see? Do you see how this all works? Once you get past two rhetorical questions, you have to call it quits. All right, if no one has asked you a question <laughs> at that point, then I think you have to hold up your hands and move on to your summary. But don't look disappointed, although you feel disappointed, no one's asking you any questions, just make it feel natural. And then, of course, you, what you have got is you've actually got a bit more time now, because if that, you know, if you asking two rhetorical questions and answering them has taken four or five minutes of your ten, then, you know, you have got time in your hands to, you know, elaborate a bit more in your summary, in your rouse and finish if you want to. So, again, you've got to balance your emotions when you're delivering a presentation. It's a bit like turning up to a room, you deliver, you know, for a presentation and you're expecting 100 people there and there's two or three or seven. <laughs> okay, And you're going, where is everybody? You know, they all said they were coming and we all get this. You know, if you deliver webinars, you'll know exactly what I mean. Because, you know, loads of people sign up because it's a free webinar and then they never turn up. So, you know, you have to steal yourself 
as a presenter to not show your disappointment in any way, shape or form, all right? It doesn't matter how many people are there, you're going to have a good time. <laughs> right, so that's number three, is have those two rhetorical questions and prepare them before the presentation. Now, there's a very good chance you won't get to use them, but nevertheless, just in case, it's always a good thing to have up your sleeve. Right, number four is don't interrupt but be ready to interrupt. Now, when I was uh, observing the pitch session I talked about at the beginning of this, there was one young fella who was very enthusiastic about his, uh, about his company and he was looking for some investment from these people and all that. And every time someone asked him a question, he interrupted them before they finished. It just, I'm sure he had no idea he was doing it. But he just couldn't help himself. As soon as he thought he knew what the question was, he was onto it. And he didn't really ever give them a chance to finish their question. So... Don't interrupt someone. Give them a chance to tell you the whole question. But hang on a minute, Trevor. You said be ready to interrupt them. Yes, I did. Because some people will take an age to ask you a question. Now, if your Q&A is 10 minutes and the first person who asks you a question is going to spend three minutes asking the question, then, you know, interrupt them. And, and often what they do is they say, oh, Trevor, well, I've just got a couple of questions for you. Now, the first question that springs to mind, and they talk, they talk like this as well. The first question that springs to mind is, I've been thinking about this while you were saying something, and I'd like to, and then, and then after that, and then as soon as they've asked that first question, dive in. Because if they're going to repeat themselves and ask you a second question, you know, like, like journalists do. Uh, just last, I asked you, Mr. Chancellor, first question. And then as a supplementary question, journalists always ask two questions. They're never content with one. Anyway, dive in if someone's going to, you know, get that first question. Going to be spending a lot of time asking you their questions. Number five tip. Tip number five is park questions. Okay. Now, sometimes you're going to get asked a question in the Q&A you simply don't know the answer to. And the worst thing you can do is pretend you do know the answer or try and waffle an answer, okay? You are not a politician trying to look clever, okay? You are someone who is authentic, and it's you. And if you don't know the answer, don't try and make it up because there's a very good chance that someone else in the audience may know the answer. And if you waffle around and get it wrong or give the wrong information, they might come in with a question and say, uh, Trevor, yeah, just like to, uh, you know, your, your answer to the last question, I don't think that was right, actually. And you think, oh, I know it wasn't, I know it wasn't, but I didn't know there was anybody here who would know it wasn't right. So park the question. And a great way to park a question is to say, Frank, great question. I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. But I tell you what, I will find out. And uh, if you leave, you know, if you leave me your details, I will get hold of you afterwards. Now, what a great reason for following up your connection with somebody at that event. I love parked questions because they give me so many opportunities to then go back to somebody, phone them up and say, oh, Frank, yeah, and phone them up. Don't email it to them. Phone them up. And say, Frank, you know, thanks for asking that question earlier today or yesterday or whenever it was. Don't wait too long, by the way, to get back to them. And park people. Sometimes you have to park people. And this is a good reason why you want to be in charge of the Q&A. There's always going to be somebody in the room, isn't there, who... They want to ask the most questions or the loudest questions or the stupidest questions, frankly. Why do they do this? Well, just occasionally they have a genuine interest in what they're asking. But more often than not, and maybe they do this subconsciously, they are, they, they're the sort of person who likes to ask you a clever question. There's always someone going to ask you a clever question who tries to make out they know more than you do about your specialist subject. And they'll, they'll, say, you know, they'll ask, ask you a stupid question, but they're trying to seem clever in front of the rest of the audience and, to a degree, catch you out. Oh, well, actually, Trevor, I know you've talked about presentations, but 
<laughs> uh, actually, I know a lot more about presentations than you do, so I'm going to ask you a very clever question that's going to catch you out, boy. <laughs> and then the, the third reason they do this is they just want to be noticed by everybody. You know, they want to be the voice in the room. And, of course, all of this applies, you know, all these techniques apply if you're taking questions during your pitch or presentation as well. Because one of the challenges of taking questions during the picture or the presentation is that you will get sidetracked. You'll get distracted and time will run away. So you've got to really be on top of your game when you're taking questions during your picture or presentation and build it into your practice, okay? Because sometimes they can go on for a long time, those questions. So park the questions, park the people, interrupt them, use all those techniques. Right, tip number six is, <laughs> it's an obvious one, but don't forget to stop the Q&A so that you get back in time to finish your rousing finish, all right? Now, you think, well, that's pretty obvious, you know, but the thing is that Q&As have momentum of their own, and it might have started really slowly. You might have reeled out, you know, your second rhetorical question and think, oh, God, this is hard work, nothing's going to happen, and then suddenly... The floor bursts into life. Now, the problem is now your 10-minute Q&A, you've taken up half of it with your own rhetorical questions. And now everybody wants to ask you a question. They're loosened up. They're ready to go. And very often, of course, it's because people don't want to ask the first question, except, of course, our friend who really wants to stand out. And finally, make sure you don't labour the answer to your questions. It's so easy to do. Everybody does it. Someone asks a question and you go into great detail in the answer to that question. Don't do that. It takes up too much time. You've got to be a ruthless editor when you answer people's questions. And what happens is people answer a long question because they like to be back talking again. And suddenly another two or three minutes have gone and, you know, you're very close to getting through the Q&A and you've hardly been asked a single question. So don't labour the answer, OK? People do it all the time. They just go on and on and on and on with their answer. Don't do that. Be succinct, get to the point, move on to the next question. And sometimes you can ask, answer a question very, very briefly. Great question, here's the answer. Right, next question. All right, but nobody rarely does that. They all labour it, so don't labour it, otherwise you'll definitely run out of time. So again, it's a tricky thing to manage the Q&A. You need to practice it, you need to think about it, but you need to be ready for it. And that's the, the bit where most people, I'm afraid, just don't pull that off because they don't think enough about the planning and the preparation. Right, I'll put all of those six top tips in to the show notes for you, but let me reel them off very, very quickly for you. So confirm with the organiser how it's going to happen and make sure that you're in charge of who's asking the questions. Bring it in before the summary. That's the really important one. That will transform your Q&A. Have those two rhetorical questions ready. Don't interrupt people, but be ready to interrupt if their question goes on and on and on. Then remember to park questions, park people, all that sort of stuff. And don't forget to stop in time so that you can go back and deliver your rousing finish. Right, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for this week. I hope that's been useful to you. As I say, all the links are in the show notes. And don't forget... If you want a copy of the 12 business lessons from running an ultramarathon, then just leave a review for this podcast. Take a screenshot of the review, email it to podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. And unless there's an absolute avalanche of people wanting the book, I will send you a book no matter where you happen to be. Now, next episode, episode 210, we've got Dan Fraser. Now, if you don't know Dan, Dan's just about to launch or has launched by the time you listen to this a great new book called Kick-Ass Presentations. 
Okay, we're going to have a lot of fun with Dan. He's going to really challenge you on some of the things that you currently include in your presentations. In fact, the opening line to Dan's book is, we've all had to endure some dull, painful and valueless presentations. So we're going to talk with Dan about how to ensure that you, as a listener, don't deliver a dull, painful, valueless presentation. He's going to be great. He's going to share some really great ideas with you. So thanks for listening. Do share, do review, do comment. See you next time.